Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I have a talk that I believe will be impacting not not only for us, but for those out there that will hear this message. It's about man 101. What I want to do this morning is I want to give us a biblical journey uh, to find out something that's lacking and missing in today's society and has been for quite some time, and that is the understanding of what it is to be a man. And I know that sounds so crazy, but oh my God, it, it's, it, it's almost stupid to have to sit there and come up with reasons why we have to talk about this. But that's how upside down our society has become. But we're going to change that. Right, men? You know, listen, this is what, I've been in other ministry for over 30, 30 some years. Now listen, this is what I know for a fact. Easter and Mother's Day are the highest attended services. The lowest attended service is Father's Day. For some reason, fathers, first of all, they don't want to come to church because that's a percentage-wise in all churches. Secondly, Christian fathers, it seems like they want to keep them home out of church so they can barbecue or do something. It's it's almost like, dude, we're trying to represent. I mean, you want to do, I'm doing barbecue after church, but that isn't doing anything for your dad to say, dad, sit at home. Dad's. Be a leader and say, why, why would I sit home? We'll do this all after. And you might be thinking, well, why? I went to church. That's the problem with the society. We make excuses and reasons not to lead, not to be who we are called to be. Could you imagine that God starting Adam and Adam, you know, he already screwed up. But you can imagine him walking in and Adam goes, not today, I'm busy. I, I, I'm hanging with Eve. We're going to go to the lake today. It's honestly, it's it's ridiculous, and it's almost like men try to find a way to not be in the place where they need it. And you can sit back and go, I don't know about that. Yeah, and all the hundreds I've counseled because they don't. Hundreds, and the ones that are have all screwed up lives and marriages, and it's just something that's got to change. But it doesn't change just in a blanket move. It changes by us making the change and by other people making changes. But we've got to start with ourselves. We've got to be honorable with our own selves, our own lives. Amen? Listen, this is a, a priority because you're going to see this, how important we are in this culture, in the world, and how God created us to be exactly that way. So it's man 101, and... In this, I want to first start with this. Everybody conforms to something. Everybody. That's, we're created to mimic and pattern. But there's a true way of doing it and a fake way. There's a true way that starts on the inside and creates this person, your character of who you are. And then there's the other one that's masquerading. We try to be like someone else. It's amazing to watch this because we've all done it. You know, that one sports star gets his hair cut that way, and all of a sudden, everybody 
Everybody's got to do it. Everybody. You get one soccer star, he, he puts a, 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 a cue on the side of his head. I guarantee you, high school, kids are going to run around cues with the side of their head. But that's what people do. They cannot be original. And the problem is, is we haven't created original kids. Because we haven't taken the time to do it, because most of us don't even understand that concept. Because we also have been impacted by what everybody else does. And it's something that I see as a danger to society and a danger to our lives, danger to our marriages, our families. It's a danger. Because you're created uniquely. Every person in here, you are unique in creation. Now, I'm not saying if you see a, 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 an outfit that you like that some you know, athlete wears, you can't wear it because you're not original. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is when you are in a position in life to where you know who you are, you ain't getting it because they got it. You're getting it because it looks good. And you don't care. You just saw that, and you go, okay, that's cool. I like that. Or I like that, or that shoe or whatever. The point is, is we've got to get to the place where we understand our uniqueness and understand what it is to be a man. Understand this or not, believe this or not, majority of men can't even answer that question, what is it to be a man? Now, that's sad, isn't it? That's sad. Well, we've got to get this understanding of who we were created to be Get that example running before us, because ultimately, this is even a message for you single gals out there. Because what I'm going to talk about is what you should be looking for, period. Looking for someone that's operating at the highest level of character, integrity. That's what you want. You don't want the, you know, the, the gangster, the one that's just following what everybody else does, trying to be like everybody else, and has no concept for future. That's not what you want. You want success for your lives. And if you're looking to get married, credit check. That's what it's called. Whatever. Some girl come up to me and you're going to ask me, Pastor, what would you do? I'll give you a list. I'll give you a list. And it involves fingerprints and everything else. But whatever. You want, my, you want, you want info from me? I'm going to give you some safe info. Otherwise, you know, you're going to be living in that guy's parents' house and driving his mom's car. And you working and he ain't working. So you do your thing, whatever. Let's move on. All right. So before we start, I'm going to give us three things to put on for a journey. We're going to gear up right now, man. You ready to gear up? All right. Number one, toughness. Toughness. God commands this, and not only does he command it, but he gives us understanding of what's necessary for success. And that toughness, that, that ability to be courageous is a key. But what I mean is, is why am I telling us to gear up in that? Because I'm going to talk about stuff, stuff that you've got to be man up and understand that I need to get this. I need to be involved with this information. So you're going to have to get a little tough. I know some of you got a little soft. You know, you got a little, you know, little, little soft on the side, you know, like the doughboy. But, hey, it's time to toughen up. Amen. God literally says to in Deuteronomy, be strong and have good courage. He's telling them. You're going to go into a place where you haven't been before. You're going into a situation that's not normal. And that's what we live in today. We live in a situation that's not normal. 
So we're going to have to toughen up, amen? We're going to get stronger, and that's so important. He also says, in that position to be strong and get courageous, he says this, and this is what I love about this. He says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that, that person telling one person, man, be strong, you can do this, and, and, and that person's in a position where they're going, oh, okay, okay, and then the other guy goes, that's all right, I'll be right with you. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be backing you up. And that makes you feel stronger, doesn't it? And that's what God's telling Moses. And guess what else happens? Moses gives us, gives us a beautiful example of what we all should be, men and women. And that is this. Moses then tells to Joshua. And he says, be of good courage. Be strong. The Lord will back you up. So God tells Moses, and Moses tells Joshua. That's how we win this world. Amen. Do you guys see that? That is a picture of discipleship. It's a picture of, 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 of having an apprentice, someone that is learning from your experience as you're learning from God. That is beautiful. Amen. And see, you're going to go out in the world that I'll never get to. And that's your place. That's your world. That's, that's your throne room. Amen. And that's where you hold your court. That's where you're playing your game. You're putting your position of, of who you are as a, as a follower of Jesus, unashamedly. Man, you are an influencer, influencer. You just got to get the understanding of that position. And it's talking big about Monday, not Sunday, amen. Talking about life. Y'all got that? Number two, a willingness to receive, a willingness to receive, Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You've got to have a willingness to receive the information. I make a choice. I make a choice every day to receive. Then you're thinking, well, aren't you studying? Aren't you? Yeah, but I have to make a choice to receive. I don't make a choice just for you. I make a choice for me. I'm not, I don't do anything for you. I do everything for us. I've been that way, and I'll not stop being that way. I don't come up with a message. I don't set meal just for you. Don't do that. Never have, never will. So everything in here, I've already ate on and got spanked by. Everything in here, I've already had to repent. Everything in here, I, you know, it's been, I've already gone through, you know, everything about what this message has, and now I'm presenting it to you, and I feel really good because you need to get it just as bad as I got it. You know, I'm like, listen, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the firstborn son. And don't tell me, firstborn, you understand this. When you get spanked, you're looking to make sure they got spanked just as you did. Yeah, aren't you, firstborn? You're like going, it better be the same all the way down. Oh, we're going to have to do something about this. I know that's how I did it. So we got to be willing, amen? we got to be willing. I like when Jesus said this. He said, y'all, he's talking to religious people. You search the scriptures, and you're trying to get information out of that, trying to get your ideology out of that. He says, but let me, let me tell you why you're failing. You're not willing to believe me. You're not willing to receive from me. He says, you search the scriptures, but you got to look for me. I am the scripture. Did not John say that? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's powerful. Amen. So we've got to be willing to receive. Number three, examination. Examination. Say examination. 
You've got to be able to look at yourself. I am not talking about being judgmental. I'm not talking about condemning yourself. I'm not talking about making yourself guilty. Even though those are all good things with the right attitude. But we don't have good attitudes. We don't have a good image of ourselves. So anything negative, we, we just, oh, I'm a loser. And think about it. Is that the way life is? I mean, the Bible so, writes so much about correction, especially when it has to do with kids. And all of a sudden, we become, you know, quote, I'm an adult now, and we don't want to hear correction because it offends us. It might hurt us. We got, might get our feelings in check, and, and you're being a mean, you're a mean pastor. Now, I'm a mean pastor if I say the negative, tell your name. That's when I'm a mean pastor. And God said, don't do this, Tim. Then you can call me a meanie, amen? But <laughs> that's just crazy. So Lamentation 3, 4 says, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. That's all it's for. Getting things in check, getting things right. I, I got my kids understanding this principle early, early on. And I needed them to get past the, the place of correction or, or the bara to a place where they realize it's for a specific purpose, but it's not to carry through into who they are. You understand that? And so when we can get that as, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we can get the correction, the Word of God's correcting us, and we get that information, we go, okay, God, I receive it, doesn't feel good, but I'm good. I'm moving on. I got it. I'm wrong. I was doing wrong. What I said was wrong. How I acted was wrong. For me, I'm going to be real, like I always am. It doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it takes a few hours. Sometimes it takes the next day. I try to get it within a few hours. But I do get it, and I do take care of it. I have a strong relationship with Jesus. My relationship with God is tight, but sometimes I'm a little loud up here, a little loud stuff going on here, and so I'm not playing the information entirely through my mind correctly to determine, am I wrong? I didn't say I'm wrong all the time. 99.9% I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm just telling you, I, I, the examination, I do examine myself. And I'm just letting you know. It isn't like I go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whoops, I'm sorry, I did wrong. All right, just letting you know. But there is a process where I will. If I'm wrong, I let it be known. Amen? Amen. Today's view of manhood. Oh, this is going to freak you out. First of all, men are in a lack of confusion. I mean, this is, a, this is freaky, what's going on in our society. And it just didn't start. It's been going on for a while now. But I want to show you something that's just going to freak you out big time, especially when it comes to stats. Um, ultimately, when it comes down to it, like I said, men don't even know what it means to be a man. We're not insightful in this area. We grow up through life, but not understanding purpose of who we really are, who we are created to be. We're very special, by the way. Very, very special. 
ultimately, I'm talking to everybody in here, we, we get to Genesis and you see this awesome creation that God's going through. And he's sitting there creating everything perfect. And he finishes creation. He says, it's good. This is good. This is good. He gets to the sixth day and he's creating, creating man. Which, by the way, he creates man and woman at the same time in Adam. In Adam. Adam meaning men. Man. That's all it means. You want to input or define that in the way society is trying to get you to do? That's up to you, but it just means Adam. Man, woman, Adam. Human. That's all it means. We add to that definition just through how our viewpoints are in society. But ultimately, he called man and woman Adam. That's it. And then when Eve came out of Adam, what was already created in Adam, by the way, and remember what God was saying to Adam and Eve in Adam? He is saying, rule and reign, rule and reign, rule and reign. So we ain't separating woman and saying, rule and reign in the home, rule and reign Go get that for me. Rule and reign. What are you going to cook? Rule and reign. You know, that's not the rule and reigning. There are responsibilities in house. However you do in your house is how you do your house. I don't really care. All right? Your house ain't my house. A woman knows how to be in my house. Slippers. And, no, I'm just kidding. But the point is, is in the creation, God completed man and woman. And then separated the two. So there's no weaker or leaser in man-woman. Now we know physically, of course, we know there's difference, differences in both of them. All I'm saying is that God didn't start off thinking man supreme, woman secondary. That's all I want you to understand, okay? I know it's not Mother's Day, but I just throwing it in there for the ladies in the house. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, but let, let me give you some stats. First of all, the majority of all marriages are because of men. All right, moving right along. Majority of kids' behavioral issues is a lack of father figure, absent dads. That's a fact. 90% of all crimes, 90% of all major crimes, men. 91% of domestic abuse, men. 94% drunken drivers, men. 93% of prison population is male, with over 60% having no high school education. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth in prisons come from fatherless homes. 80% of You want to be a deadbeat dad, Christian dad? You want to be just like your, your boys at work? Then you're going to make your kid a statistic. You made me go that way. You better get a little excited in this message. Not all guilty. Let's keep going. 80% of rapists come from fatherless homes. 70% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all kids, teens, drug abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Fathers, we're screwing up this world. Especially when we don't know who we are. Why was I created? You guys understand what I'm going on this. This is stats. This is what our society is producing. 
And we got Christian men that are wimps, punks, pointing out their TV land. Rise up, man, rise up. Gosh, you're a love life. Remember one of the clues I've taught you all? There's going to be times when the message is hitting right at home. But if you're smiling and going like this, no one knows I'm talking to you. I think it's almost like you guys all forgot what church you're in. Come on. Let, let it touch your house, but at least smile and be excited and go, yeah, I know someone like that. Come on, guys. Listen, I saw this stuff, and I, I, it bothers me. It bothers me big time. And I'm not saying that, that we here are like this. I'm just saying the world is like this, and aren't we supposed to be world changers? Well, the only way we're going to do that is if we have it happen here first. Right? I mean, we've already seen the upbringing of do as I say, not as I do. Come on. We've already seen that. Probably everybody in here, that's how you grew up. Parents smoking, drinking, even doing drugs, and they say, don't you do this. I mean, come on. This is crazy. You've got to change things. This is an interesting stat. Listen to this one. A woman's commissions, women's commissions. And what these places are, they're places that give leadership support for women facing all kinds of issues and quality of life. It's for women. There's over 270 in the United States. All right. Ready? Men's commissions. Ready for this? One. In New Hampshire. A long drive. Think about that. They get all kinds of these all over the place for women, but not one for men. I mean one, but I'm just saying, think about it, amen? How about this one, college and universities? Tens of thousands of classes. Tens of thousands of classes teach the gender feminist perspective. But not one program, not one class teaches men's studies from a masculine perspective. Not one. You hear this over and over and over, pretty soon you're going to get Because that's all you're hearing. You're just going to be soft, weak. Now, now think about this. Think about what I'm saying. The reason why I want you to think about it is because it's a responsibility that Scripture's taught us. The responsibility of a dad. Responsibility of a father. Amen? I'm telling you, these, are, these stats represent something that we have to look at and say, not in this house, not in this house, but also our responsibility like a, Ma, a Moses, I mean, as, as a, yeah, as a Moses and Joshua, there's got to be this place where we're saying, hey, I heard it here, and I'm giving it to you. It's the same message. And speak with that authority. Just like Paul said. Paul said, mimic me. Copy me. Do what I do as I mimic and copy Christ. That, that's, what, 
That's what the Holy Spirit, that's what God breathed word spoke to Paul to say to us. Now think about it. Look at that picture. We are created to learn from someone. That's why everything, it's all through the world. It's a natural principle, which means it's a spiritual truth. All of us, we're mimickers, we're copiers. It doesn't matter that you, that you have a child and the assumption is, is that child's part of my family. I can tell you right now, birth the child and then give it away and find out how much they follow your family. Will that happen? No, not at all. It's who's raising. And some of you are letting public schools raise your kids. Thank God. I mean, I just thank God my kids don't go to public school because I would be down there if I needed to daily ripping them. I would be. Dude, your job is math, science. Your job is not to tell my kids how they're to be as a, as, as a man or a woman. You're a school. Parents, get aggressive. Come on. You're going to throw your kids out there with the wolves, then you better be a wolf protector. Or you protect them from those wolves. Amen? Gosh, crazy. <laughs> all right, I looked up all this stuff. And then I thought, huh, let's go to Google. Because, you know, some of you think Google is almost like God and Google. All right. So let me just, you're going to love this one. I Googled male masculinity. Male masculinity. Did you know the majority, the majority of information I got were contents of evil, toxic, abusive Hatred for women. Just a bunch of lies. Lies. And that's what Google presents. No truth to it at all. Now, there were a couple, a couple different places you could go to. But the majority of it is, is if you're a man, you better stop being one because you're evil. You're terrible. You're not right for society. Listen, we can't bury our heads in the sand anymore, people. We can't just let this, this, and hear me, this mob rule that is not the majority. They're not the majority. I looked at YouTube. I, 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 there's some people I subscribe to just for my benefit and things that I want to learn. I like to grow in, and there are certain games I like to play, and I like to get information from these guys because they're good at what they're doing. But I'll look at information just to find out what other people are saying and what their thoughts are. And it's amazing how many times I see YouTubers or these 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 guys that are making a living, uh, you know, being on YouTube or or Instagram and all this, and and this is how they make a living. And I can't believe how many crybabies there are in these guys if, if someone gets mad at them. You guys, you just don't know how hard it is. I'm going, you sit in your stinking bedroom in your underwear. And you're crying because someone's mad at you the way you're saying it. They're all just, everybody's ganging up on me. All right, let's move on. That, that's just, that was a side trip. 
you look at our culture and just the media, either, they either make a man a crazy freak or a little punk. He's either crazy, out of bounds, out of control, or he's the wimpiest, wimpy, wimpy guy on planet Earth. There is an agenda. There is an agenda. I'm just wanting you guys. I'm talking to the choir, I'm sure. I'm free. You guys understand. You're going, that's right. I agree. I hear you, Pastor. But the point is, is we not only hear it, but we, get a, we need to know. Because there's going to be a whole lot of guys out there just confused. And a confused man is a dangerous man. So we got to enlighten them with truth. Amen? Enlighten them with truth. It's so important. We've got to get this stuff in our lives. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I love this scripture. I love this scripture. Paul says this. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child when I was a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. First time I read that, I literally was screaming at Paul saying, that's it? When I became a man, Paul, amplify, give me some instruction. What is the process? What happened? Was it your first beer? Was it when you're 18? When you were 21, Paul, what was it? When you had that first sex act? When did you become a man? When you joined the gang, Paul? When what? See, that's all the world looks at. Oh, you're a man now. You, you got drunk and puked in the toilet all night. You're a man. You're a man. Listen, this is what the world does. Society looks at, looks at these young men and establishes the most disgusting, ugly picture and say, oh, you're a man now. I know 21-year-old men are that, 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 that aren't men. And I've seen 14-year-olds are more men than the 21-year-olds. I mean, this is ridiculous. We let society, we let them say, this is what a man is. They don't know what a man is. The only way you're going to find out what a man is is look at a real man in here. His name is Jesus He's the only picture of a real man. Man, I'm telling you. Man, I wish Jesus was here. If Jesus was during this time, oh, man, I could tell what he, he'd be bow hunting with me. I know it. He'd go, I'm not about food. My father feeds me. But I'll go hunting with you, son. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Now, I know Jesus would be that guy. He'd be the, he, he's a man. He's a man. And he lived just an awesome, beautiful, perfect life. Something we ought to be doing. But we don't have our pictures right, do we? We've got all the other pictures that we've been brought up with. Are you hearing me? Because everybody has those pictures they've been brought up with. So your dad, his dad, and his dad, and his dad, and his dad. And if you don't have a foundation in this, y'all messed up. I was messed up. My dad was messed up. My grandpa was messed up. My great-grandpa was messed up. Now, you go back further, you're going to get more of a solid moral person in most homes. But morality can't carry you. 
if it did, then we wouldn't have transformed into a different type of society today. Listen, we're, we celebrate Memorial Day and things like this. This generation could care less. I'm telling you, they could care less about those awesome men that gave their lives for us. They don't care. Some of them are convinced that this stuff was unnecessary. They're learning this from those public schools, by the way. Parents, you better be on, uh, listen, don't come whining to me then. But you better get on track of this stuff. Don't assume that they're going to just do the right thing. You better start assuming there's an agenda. And that agenda is to destroy your family. And if you can't see that, then you're not living. You're just existing in life. You're all getting quiet again. Please don't do that. So just go, yeah, that's right, Pastor. Do something, all right? Do we not need help? Amen, we need help. I mean, ultimately, we want to know what it means. How do we become a real man? I mean, Paul said there's a transition that takes place. Let me show you this, and this is what I learned. This is, this is pretty good. You're going to like this. Paul said became. He said, I became a man. Now, now this is interesting because it's a compound. Uh, the compound word in the Greek language is, is it, it gets enlightenment in childhood to manhood. And it literally means to work out something, to shape into something. To work something and shape it into form. So it isn't. I was a child, goo goo ga ga, and then I went, yeah, man, I'm a man now. It didn't happen like that. There's this process that happened in his life, and this process worked out and it shaped in. It, 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 it's not an automatic action. So becoming a man is getting information, understanding, and watching transition, watching the transition from here through your eyes, through your ears, through your understanding, and seeing the transition take place. And ultimately, the transition starts happening. But there is a transition. But the transition requires, let me say requires. It requires the opposite information that you have. Because you were a child, you thought as a child. You became a man, doesn't automatically, oh, I got man thoughts. It's a process. And that's the responsibility of what? The parent, the father, to be able to impart into their children. Very, very important. It's important for a father to impart into his daughters. Daughters need to see a real godly man that isn't trying to lead them into the world's ways. The heartache of a father is when a daughter acts like the world. Dads, if you don't say yes, amen, you're lost. So you shouldn't be leading your daughter into a world's ways. You should be leading your daughter into, this is the representation of what a man's supposed to look like. This is. Integrity, character, laying down your life. That's the picture you want. But most girls, and I mean talking about church girls, they don't, they don't have a clue. They, I mean, the world... Girls this age are players. Church girls, players. 
I might not necessarily be talking about our church, but I know churches. I've been in them a long time. All I'm saying is you better make sure you're leading your kids in the right direction. But again, yo, people, you putting them in public school. I would have nothing, nothing negative to say at all if they just taught math, science, history, just normal things that you're supposed to learn in a, quote, school. Math class trying to teach you what pronouns you use to human beings. Trying to teach you that it's wrong to call that big round steel circle on the road a manhole, a person hole. Think that's funny? A city just did that. Yeah, I think it was Seattle or something. That's how disgusting this culture is. I hope to God that I'm stirring some parents up to say, you know what, I have been, I've been absentee as far as this education. I, I, I assume, yeah, that's the problem. The assumption will always kill you. Don't assume. <laughs> Start assuming. They're going to try to mess with your family. Yeah, assume that. Be on track, amen, or homeschool, either way. But if you're going to put them out there, come on now. Listen. Silence your mind. Just hear what I have to say. I popped the stats. I'm not sure. If you can't be convinced, that's on you. But don't argue with me. That's for some people. I gave you the stats. I'm just teaching what the Word says. Don't argue. I just said be a man. Be strong. Be courageous. Be willing to receive. Did I not? All right. It ain't for anybody in here. It's for those people out there that didn't come to church. I'm just kidding. We got people out of state and things like that, so I'm playing with them. They know that. They know I'm talking about everybody in here anyway. So it, it's a process becoming. He's shaped into a man. How? What did he do? He put away childish things. What happened was the process of becoming a man also meant there were things childish that he had to start putting away. And no, he's not talking about he had to put away his G.I. Joe toys. He, had to, he, had to, he, can't, he can't play this game and he can't watch cartoons. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying he put away his child, childish ways. <laughs> but that's mine. He put away the childish taste. No, I'm not going to share. He put away the childish ways. Uh, I don't feel like going places and arriving on time. I just want to be cool. I want to be all that. Drag myself late and say, hey, I've arrived. Loser, loser, loser. You won't last long anywhere in life with that attitude. You won't. He put away things that he looked at and said, that's how a child acts. I've been in Safeway where a parent 
is riding around some kid that looks about six, seven years old, screaming and cursing their parents because they won't give them the big, gigantic, giant pack of candy bars. Just screaming, I hate you. You never give me. Just crazy. And I'm thinking, I know some men that act just that way. Serious. You think I'm kidding? I Listen, I ain't playing. You don't know how many, in the hundreds, you don't know how many men I've had to deal with that, that would go out and buy their rims or their tires or they'd buy their, their trailer. They'd buy that and their kids weren't even getting fed. The kids didn't have new clothes. The kids weren't even being taken, but they'd get everything for themselves. You don't know how many times I dealt with them where I had to go and pay their bills or give them food that week. I ain't making them nothing. I don't need to. This is my life. This is my journey. I've seen this thing multiplied times over. So when you hear me, you hear facts. You want to argue in your head, whatever. You already lost the game. Because you don't have the ability to grow and mature. And if you're an older person in here, you still better be learning or you've lost already. You don't have a life. Okay. Listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at this whole concept of what is needed in today's life. It's just we've got to stir ourselves up. And, and didn't I not say, courage up, strengthen up. And I did start off saying, I beat myself already with this stuff. So I got all kinds of bruises on my pumpy. All right? So y'all good? Why don't you get all whiny with me? Amen. So when he said put away, the Greek literally means this way. It means literally to destroy something and do away with it. There's an aggressive term. It's used a lot in, uh, Paul speaks a lot of military terms in Greek, which is so cool. Because when you're, when, you're, when you're hearing what he's trying to present to you correctly, not just read the Bible so you can get it over with. Look, God, I read the Bible. Ain't that cool? There's a reason why you have it. It's to transform your life. It's to get you information that will give you strength and empowerment. But a lot of times we get so religionized in how we do this that we assume it's just reading. Reading don't do nothing. It's receiving that does everything. Reading doesn't do anything. Receiving does it all. Jesus said, when you hear my words, you'll be successful. No, he didn't, did he? And that's religion 101. Go read your Bible. Go pray. Do it every day. I've been hearing that for years. And you know how much that works with people? Zero. It doesn't. Jesus said, when you hear my words and do them, you do them, and that's when you start having transformation. That's when you start having change. Just telling someone to go and read more pray more. That's not even what the Bible teaches. 
But that's what religion does. Why? Because it doesn't want to do anything. It gets as weak as the world. We need to understand, we have a responsibility to be aggressive in the change. And that means we're going to find things that we're not doing right or things we're doing good. Either way, we've got to do what's right. Amen? Listen, if you're a father, you better be hearing me because this is, you're just going to multiply the ugly picture in your kids. It doesn't stay the same. It gets worse. And that's why this generation is the way it is. Gosh, will you guys just listen with common sense? The multiplication is never the same. It's worse. So you got to get your game on. Amen? Gear up, guys. If you're a dad, be the dad that God wanted you to be. Amen? It's time. We have to have the right pictures, understanding, and do this right. The Bible shows us two types of masculinity. The first Adam, the second Adam. The Bible's very clear. First Adam, Adam. Second Adam, Jesus. First Adam, Adam. Second Adam, Jesus. So it's the picture that God wanted in the very first with Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene, virgin birth, perfect man, no sin, no sin nature, okay? No sin nature. When I say sin, I'm talking sin nature, all right? Adam, perfect man, no sin nature, no sin, perfect, created after image and likeness of God. That means exact impressed image of who God is. So say, I haven't seen God. I want to know what God looks. Look around. Look around. What? That's, that's blasphemy. No, it isn't. It's Genesis chapter 1. Read the scripture there. It teaches you. God created man after his own likeness, after his own image, created he, them, male and female. In Adam, it's, it's an awesome picture. But the thing is, is we look at ourselves and we have to understand that through that creation, we have a responsibility not to be like Adam, but to be like Jesus. That's a, that's a big order, isn't it? First Corinthians 15, 45 says this. Scripture says, first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. The spiritual does not come first. The physical, then the spiritual. The first man was made from dust of the earth. He came from the earth. The second man came from heaven. People on earth are like the man who was made from the dust of the earth. The people in heaven are like the man who came from heaven. God's showing us difference. There's two different pictures to look at when you're talking about man. There's the world picture, the man picture. And when I recognize the traits and and actions and attitudes of, of men, you'll see childish behaviors. There's fit-throwing, whining, mind, selfishness, self-centeredness. Those are all pictures of, of not growing up. Because when you start looking at what a man under Jesus terms, you start seeing someone that isn't looking at themselves like it's my need, my need, my need. You don't see that. You see someone that cares more about the other people than themselves. They have a heart to see their successes. They want their lives to be the best. That's when they're lining up with the Jesus. But an Adam man, I'm going to show my point. I'll prove my point on this. Think about it. 
And you have the picture of, of creation. And I started with this. You have God going, great, great, great. Then he creates Adam, and at the end he says, very good. Before good, 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 then he's done with the whole thing. He says, oh, this is very good. So ultimately, what you have a picture is this. Everything you look at, creation, the earth, the stars, you look out there and you go, wow, look what God did. Then I want you to look at yourself and say, all for me. Because that's what Adam was created for, to receive everything that was great. Everything God created was, his mind was for, this is for Adam. He created the stars, he created the heavens, he created the earth, he created the oceans, he created the sea, sea creatures, the land creatures, the birds in the air, everything. And it was all for Adam. Is that awesome? Is that awesome? Everything was for him was for us. That's an awesome picture. That's how valuable you are to God. You know, it is so interesting that God is God. Duh. But, I mean, if you take a theology class like I did, it's, it's sort of like you're getting information, but it's also information like going, yeah, of course. You know, it's almost like God can't lie. And then theology tells you that if he does, he's not God. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. But they go into detail, which then you're like going, why do you need to go into detail? And the reason is because so they can give you a test. That's why you're in college. But anyway, I mean, if you want to get to the, the simple plan, which I'm usually on the simple plan, I like one plus one equals two. But when you want to start adding a lot of equations, like calculus, I'm out. Done. Not, not for me. But the point is, is when we, when we look at this information, we look at God himself and, and who he is, all of a sudden you see a picture that's amazing. Because what he's doing and, and, and who he is, is is remarkable. But also because he's God, he knows. So he creates man. He creates mankind. Whoops, humankind. He creates humankind. Mankind, by the way, is not a representation of man if you know the Bible. Because people don't know the Bible, they don't understand it's man-womankind. That's what I say. That's exactly what I say. Same words. <laughs> but do you hear what I'm saying? So God created. And in that creation, he knew there was going to be a fall. And the scripture says that God slain the lamb before the foundations of the world. God did it before the problem came. Is that amazing? You're like going, well, why didn't he fix the problem? Because he gave us free will. What God wanted was people like him. He's the father. He wanted us his children. And since God is filled with, I do, because I'm God. He wanted us to be the same way, out of free will. I serve because I want to. I believe. I want to. But what happened? It didn't work out the way God would love to see it, but he made an answer before it happened. It's an awesome picture when you start looking at this whole, the whole study of how much you are greatly loved. 
But there was a fall that screwed us all over. And we like to go, it's not fair, but hey, it is what it is. But that's why we have Jesus. So we can break that unfairness, amen? So now I'm in a different family. And that's another area where religion doesn't get it because they don't look at the picture of it's a nature problem. It's not sin's problem. It's a nature problem. That's it, just nature. You have to deal with nature. That's it. You deal with a nature issue. That's why when I made this comment uh, a couple weeks ago, I said, what is the barrier between God and man? What is the barrier between God and man? And I already know what everybody's going to say, what everybody usually always says, sins. Sins are the problem. But see, we make that comment because it's pretty much what we've heard. We hear it a lot. We, it, it's out there so much that we just assume that it's a sin problem. But it's not because Jesus already took care of the sin problem. So what is the problem? It's a Jesus problem. The barrier between God and man is Jesus, and the only way you can break it is to go through Jesus. That's the only way. It isn't sins. Sins are the barrier. If they were the barrier, then Jesus didn't go to the cross. But he went to the cross. He took care of it. It's a nature issue. And then religion, was, religion does what? It moves into the position of being new as now you can't do bad again. Sins again. They're always moving into sins. By the way, comes from its daddy, the law. And that's all the law did. It tried to show us you can't be good enough. Your nature is bad. No matter how much you try, you're going to screw up. And that's all the law taught. It taught that over and over and over and over. Jesus comes on the scene and says, all right, law's done. Here I am. Come through me. We get through Jesus, and all of a sudden we're on this side, and the religion wants to go, no, bring back law, bring back law. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't talk that way. Don't be that way. God's not going to like you. God's going to kick you out. God's going to leave you. God's going to forsake you. They love to do that because they are out of grace and into works and law. And everything about salvation, everything about eternity is grace, Jesus. Not because of sins, because of sin nature. And you change your nature. That's it. It's a whole picture of how to be a Christian, how to be a follower of Jesus. You have a new nature now because you receive what Jesus did for you. Yeah, but what if I sin? What's going to happen now? You're going to sin because it's your choice. Everything you do is your choice. But you have a new nature. So that means you don't have to stay that way. You can change. Yeah, but what if, no, that's, that's all it is. You can change. That's it. Information, knowledge, maturity. That's what gives you the change process. Does it not? Parents, am I not speaking truth? I mean, you see your children. As they grow older and older, do they do the same problems as they did two at three years old? No, they're maturing. Are you guys getting me? All right. So we have to look at this. Now, when you look at Adam... Look what look Adam does. He's on the garden. He, him and Eve are, you know, they're doing their thing. The Bible shows us that there's a principle and a process, a relationship with God. He comes down and hangs out with them. It's a normal thing. We don't know how many years, how many thousands of years, how many hundreds of years. We don't know. 
So this isn't God created, whoop, Adam ran and did dumb. This ain't like that. There's this process of time that we don't know anything about. So it could be long, long time period. But either way, ultimately, Eve and Adam are talking to the devil. And that in itself is giving us a wrong picture of masculinity. See, everything that God told Adam to be doing, he's not doing. He literally said, I want you to work this land. I want you to own it. I want you to position yourself in authority over everything in it. I want you to operate. I want you to be involved in this whole creation that I created for you. And God put him to work. That's the first thing he does. He said, come on, let's do this. Let's do this together. You're not here just to be a puppet. You're here to rule and reign with me. And so Adam gets on this scene, this picture, and he's going through it, and he's naming every animal, everything. There's a boom, boom, boom. We don't know how long that took. Think about it. Every animal, every bug. How do you get roach? Roach. And I mean, what that mean in the Hebrew, too? It had to be like a curse word. But the point is, is he's working, he's working, he's working. Eve comes on the scene, and, and Adam's now got a buddy. And in that pureness of their relationship, the Bible says they're both naked, and they're just living life together. That's it. Now you look back and you go, yeah, I can understand that, how simple that is, because it's just them two. You throw another person on the scene, you're like going to close up, eat, get the clothes going, get some clothes on you now. But we don't see that point is, is they're living life together now, operating on this world that God created for them. Satan comes on the scene, and we see the picture of Eve talking to Satan. That's what we see, Eve talking to Satan. What's Adam doing? Not what he should be doing. Ben, not what she, he should be doing. You're Adam. What ought you to be doing when the devil's talking to your wife? Think about it. What does Adam not do? My first thoughts, I'm not even around the situation because I'm too busy doing what God's called me to do. But all of a sudden, I hear someone talking to my wife. I'm going to go find out who's talking. Because she'd be, you know, she, she, she's not talking to me now. She's going, oh, really? Like, hey, Eve, who are you talking to? So I'll be coming over there, and the moment, listen, the moment I see the snake, I'm, I'm grabbing a tree, a rock, I'm crushing, I'm going to crush its head. I'm going to kill the snake right there, and we're done with this. Come on, young lady, let's move. But see, that's the right responsibility. What happened? The dude wimped out. He lost courage. He lost strength. He was weak. Weak. And that is the number one statement of four truths to real manhood. Reject weakness. We can't live a passive life. Eve's talking to the snake. Adam's just standing there. Men, the reason a lot of this stuff is happening in this society is because we're just standing there. 
garbage going on, the evil going on. We're just standing there. Look at this society. It's disgusting to see there's such an availability for media. We all have awesome camera phones and videos, the ability to even make a major motion movie picture on some of these phones. Serious. And people are getting beat, stabbed, robbed, and we're too busy filming it. I'm going to be the next YouTube sensation while this 20-year-old punk stabs an 80-year-old grandma. Oh, look at that. Look. Oh, how terrible. And they, you look at these films, and that's what you see. You see people getting out of the way. And some guy's beating on a girl. You would think, God, I wasn't around that place. Don't be deceived. Don't be talking to the snake of the agenda of this world. Stand up. Stand up. If you don't know the answer, get up. But don't just assume that people are going to want to do good, because they don't. Enemy still kills and destroys. Never forget that. Amen? Jesus rejected that passive lifestyle. He rejected weakness. When the, when the devil came to him, what did he do? He stood up. The devil tempts him, and he goes, no, written. No, it's written. See, Adam should have said, no, it's written, snake. As a matter of fact, you're done, and kill him right there. Why? Because that's his responsibility. It was written. You're to rule and reign. You're to rule and reign. But he didn't do it. Jesus, what did he do? He ruled and reigned. He came on the scene. The snake shows up to tempt him, and he said, no, 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 no. It is written. It is written. It is written. And they said, later, I'm done with you. That's the Jesus we should be following, amen? Not Adam. We should be following Jesus. He was aggressive. He stood for what is right. Second, accept responsibility. Fear and pride have no place here. Adam had three responsibilities. Obey God's will. In other words, don't eat the fruit. Work and rule the world. All that's in it. That's number two. And number three, responsibility to his wife, love and protect. That's his responsibility. That's Adam's responsibility, those three areas. What did he do? Not one of them. <laughs> Is that crazy? Adam, do this, this, and this. Pretty simple. There's just three, not four, not five, three. Three things, Adam. The enemy comes in, all three, throw them away. We got to be different people, right? Amen? We have to be able to accept responsibility. Second Adam, John 3.34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. That's, what, that's where my nutrients come from, doing God's will. Is that awesome? That's where I focus in on. Don't get me wrong. Jesus had to eat, physically eat. He was in a human body. He had to physically eat. But his life wasn't consumed about eating. He was focused in on God's will. Why was that so important to see? Because he makes a statement that clarifies it. God takes care of me. Everything I need, he'll take care of. I prioritize his kingdom, 
everything, everything will be taken care of. Everything. Amen? Adam let his wife become deceived and followed her pattern. He didn't sacrifice for her. He didn't go to bat for her. He didn't protect her. Jesus protected his wife. <gasps> Jesus had his wife. He had a wife. The church. The bride of Christ. That was his wife. He died for the church. He protected her. So authentic manhood accepts responsibility. Amen? Accepts responsibility. And actually, when you look at this, that literally measures a man. Your ability to accept responsibility. Amen? It measures your manhood. Number three, live courageously. Lead life with courage. First, Adam failed to lead in the garden. Failed to lead in the garden. Remember, uh, God comes on the scene as normal, and Adam runs away. Think about it. Adam runs away. Now, what is our responsibility when we do bad? When we sin. We should be running to God, not away from God. You, we, this is the process. We go through this process of, okay, I sinned. It's over now. And that's exactly what Adam did. Think about what I'm saying. Eve takes of the fruit. God said, clarifies New Testament, she was deceived. Adam was not. Eve takes the food, turns to Adam, says, mm, this is good. Adam takes, knowingly takes it. His guy has full knowledge that this ain't what we're supposed to be doing. He eats of it. Okay? They're both in a negative position now. God comes on the scene, and they run and hide. Adam leading. But what happens? God says, Adam, where are you? He didn't say Eve. He said, Adam, responsibility, position, authority. Adam, where, where, are, you, where are you at? Adam says, I hid because I was afraid. This is what happens. We fail, we sin, whatever, and we run in fear. That's childish ways. Are you guys seeing this? Instead of standing ground and going, my bad. Men, there's nothing wrong with saying, my fault. I'm wrong. Your pride makes you look like a little punk. Not the ability to go, I'm wrong. I was bad on that. That's my bad. I'm off. That was, I'm wrong. But what did Adam do? Ran away, scared. He hid himself. Now you might be saying, well, he sinned. It's already done with. No, it's not actually. What could have happened is he could have ran. Him took his wife, ran to God and said, forgive us, forgive us. Now this didn't happen, but in what I see as far as the picture of the garden, there's also the tree of life. And what could have happened, I assume this, and I believe this to be true just because I believe that the process of God operates this way, is that he could have went, God, forgive me, and ran to the tree of life and grabbed hold of it and received that position of forgiveness. But it didn't happen that way. You might be thinking, well, how do you get that? Well, because why did God guard the tree of life after he cast them out? If there's no power there, if there's no ability to get free, why would he guard it? They could have just ran over there because it wouldn't have done anything. 
No, it could have. It could have. But it didn't happen that way. And here we are. Amen. And don't be running to Adam going, why'd you screw everything up? Because, you know, you all messed up already. Don't, don't even go to Adam. Adam's going to go, you want to see your film? No. Amen. Listen, he ran away. I was afraid. Listen, what we were created to do, lead. We're created to lead. Amen. Oh, by the way, and God created them, male and female. He created them. Women, lead. Lead. We, we all supposed to be leading. If you're not working and your husband's working or if you're working and you're off, then lead right down to that school board. Lead right down to the neighborhood. Lead. You lead. We all be leading doing the right thing. Amen? We are the majority. Wake up. Wake up. We got to live courageously. We're created to lead, right? Amen? Jesus was courageous in protecting. I'm the good shepherd. He has created him. He, he was leading and providing. He is leading for caring for. This guy is leading every area that we need to pay attention to. He's so awesome. So awesome. Amen? And number four, be eternally minded. We got to live life beyond today. Y'all hear me? Live life beyond today. If we don't, we will be short-sighted when it comes to direction in life, purpose in life, for our family. we got to have an eternal view. Jesus focused on serving the Father's will. Remember he said, Father, if, if, if it's possible, can, can we do it a different way? And then he stopped himself and said, you know what? Not my will, your will. Not my will, your will. Dads, don't look for shortcuts. Life's hard. Amen? Life's hard. Training kids is hard. Don't try to find a simple way, an easy way, a way to run from responsibility. Understand that your responsibility, you had children, it's time to train up a child the way they should go. Amen? It's time to be in that position that God's placed you to be in. Listen, I get society. It's messed up. We got single moms that are doing a great job. Great job because there's no man in the house. But, but, that position shouldn't be done on their own. There should be men in the house that can help. Not, not go, you know, marry the woman. Well, that might be a good idea too, though, but if you're not married. But, but be a person that can help in the training of kids. When you see kids off, you talk to kids. We are supposed to be helping one another, not tearing each other down, building one another up. You're not going to see perfect kids here. You won't see it. It's just you can't see perfect because there's no such thing as perfect. Unless we're looking at Jesus, the thing we need to understand is, is we have to help one another be successful. And I believe if we can suck it up and become men, we can lead right. We can be real Jesus men. Amen? And be the people that we should be. So, authentic manhood is living these four truths. Reject a weak, passive lifestyle. Accept responsibility. Live courageously. And live life with eternal focus. That's the way we should be living life. 
once we recognize that, we can add to this. We can keep building on them. But that's the foundation. You lose this foundation, all of a sudden things are going to change. Now, you look at this and go, okay, what's that mean for me today? How am I going to deal with this on Monday? We all better be able to understand that. Because I can guarantee you, you can go through this process and see a lot of areas you're missing at. Maybe you're a little weakened. Maybe, you know, the guys, you know, at your job, you know, they be trashing everything that you believe in, and you stick, you keep quiet. Maybe it's time to say, nah, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. That ain't my Jesus. Just a little wag. That ain't my Jesus. Because they don't know him. And we let the society, we let the world trash talk our Jesus all the time. And it, it ought not to be so, my brothers and sisters. It ought not to be so. We are the real picture of manhood, not wimpyhood, not sissyhood. We are the men that God created. So people should be looking at us. Do we laugh at that joke? And they look to you. You're like gone. Foolish. And everybody else goes. Why? Because, listen, that's what we should be. Uh, listen. Religion has screwed us. Because the religious Christian has been such the ugly picture for men. And I'm sure some of you have seen them. They're the ones that are so focused on do's and don'ts, and you're going to burn in hell, and you're going to, you've got to quit doing that, quit doing this, and God will finally like you, or, or stop doing this, and don't wear that, and don't look like this. And it's just constantly filled with do's and don'ts, which isn't even what Bible talks about unless you live in Old Testament. And so you see that religious Christian, ooh, don't say that, stop it, don't be that way, ah, you said a cuss word, oh, oh, ah, get away. And they're so wimpy, wimpy. When you start looking life correctly, that stuff doesn't even bother you. You start recognizing they need a new nature. And if I look sour at them, if I look ugly at them, they're not going to receive from me. They won't receive. I'm not agreeing with them, but I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, I'm a Christian, don't talk that way. I've never been that way. I made a decision not to be that way. And there have been so many times where I'd be in businesses, doing business, and they'd be throwing down F-bombs. They don't know I'm a pastor. And then all of a sudden they'll go, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a pastor. And they go, oh, man, God, I'm sorry, man, man. I won't have to do that again. No, I'm not kidding you. That, that's exactly what they'll do. They, because they, it's their language, even when they say they won't do it, they do it. So many times this happened to me. And I sit there and I look at them and go, whatever, I didn't say anything. Why? Because it's their nature. It's, it's how y'all used to talk. They probably still do. It's just you're here Sunday, so you ain't talking to Yeah, the little nervous giggle, I see it. The point is, is we got to be different. we got to be relevant. And let's make sure Father's Day today, we go out and do it the right way. Amen? Can we do that? Let's do right. All right, you guys, have an awesome, awesome Father's Day today. And families, you know, let's do this thing together. Let's all be the best we can be. And, and let's own this world the way God created us to do it. Let's lead. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. See you.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.